Before we start this podcast, I want to definitely remind you of a sponsor for Fresh of the Word, 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest. In a world of wrestling where there's hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads, don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. So if you'd like to discuss a possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or even Zubaz, then drop them a line at 20by20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20apparel.com. And also check out their enamel pin line. It's super cool. Fresh is the word. Fresh is the Word podcast. I am your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier, and Spooky Week continues as my guests for this episode are Billy O'Bay, Joey Black, and Lee Carver, the horrorcore hip-hop trio from Ohio known as Alazul Alu. They're making their return to Fresh is the Word to talk about all sorts of gross and horrific nonsense, including their new album, Mausoleum, out now via Magic Ninja Entertainment. The new album is produced entirely by Detroit's own Slasher Dave. He's a producer of late 70s, early 80s influenced original instrumental horror exploitation soundtrack music, a.k.a. spooky music, and a member of the metal band Acid Witch. So we talk about how it is to work with just one producer for the whole album as we go track by track through Mausoleum. We also talk about our favorite spooky tunes and horror flicks. It's always a good and crazy time when I get to hang out with those three Zooligans. A lot of, you know, fart jokes, I think, dick jokes, always. So I'm going to keep this intro a little short, and uh, I'm doing something a little different. And I'm going to also be uh, dropping the video version of this episode because we did this on Zoom. So you can see their uh, ugly faces. And uh, just go to the show notes on uh, this episode at freshofthepodcast.com and, and it'll be embedded in there. And you'll, uh, or you can also go to the Fresh is the Word, just type in Fresh is the Word podcast uh, on, uh, in YouTube and you should be able to find it. So after a short word from our sponsor, we'll get into this interview with Alazul Elu. Alright, welcome back to the Fresh is the Word podcast. And like always, we have the freshest of guests. And from the look of these guys, they don't look too fresh. They look kind of old and decrepit. Some return guests to the Fresh of the Word podcast. It's Joey Black, Lee Carver, and Billy Obey, a.k.a. Alazualu. How you doing, boys? Pretty good. How about yourself? Yo, I'm good. I'm good. How you guys, um, how do, how do, how do Zooligans, um, deal with, uh, this pandemic, you know, like this COVID-19, do you, does it even affect you guys? No, Zooligans come equipped all. with masks already built in. And most of them have been to the gathering and you always get the gathering plague there, which is very similar to COVID. Yes. 
It's nothing. We just get in, you know, it ain't shit. Cough it off our shoulders. Yeah. We like to call it Jovid. We were miles ahead of the mask and gloves fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, you guys have a new album out. It is called the, how do you pronounce it? Mausoleum. Mausoleum. The Mausoleum. Mausoleum. A mausoleum. A mausoleum. Mausoleum. Word. Mausoleum. Yeah. And, yo, new album is hot. Dope as hell. Um, the the whole album was produced by Slasher Dave, and I feel like it was a good it was a good uh, sort of match for you guys. Kind of go you know talk about you know your idea going into making this album. I think if you want to start talking about Mausoleum, you just got to start at the concept. We wanted to deliver more of a um, a journey. Uh, an audio concept, a horror landscape, if you will. So I feel like the records, if, if you take note when you listen to it, it's very seamless, transitions into a lot of different places, takes you to a, a lot of different zones. So it needs to take you to the fucking glove store. <laughs> we had been wanting to work with a producer exclusively for a long fucking time, though. And a, a buddy of mine introduced me to Slasher Dave, who also is the lead singer of a band called Acid Witch, if you haven't checked that out yet. Yeah. Go peep that shit. It's like doom metal type shit. Very Halloween-centric stuff. Yeah, Acid so Witch. We linked up with him. We listened to his record, Frights, I believe it was. We're like, holy shit, this dude makes horror movie music already. And that's kind of the avenue we wanted to go. More somatic, more of a theme to it all, to, to glue it together. The other records we did were kind of like pieced together by different producers, blah, blah, blah. But working with Dave, we had, we got to actually create a full exclusive record, if you will. Dream come true. Yeah. And it's fresh, dude. It's fresh as hell, man. Thank you. <laughs> we appreciate that. The whole concept of the record, every fucking song is death. Like, how did you, um, how do you guys feel like you improved on, you guys' music, you know, in comparison to the, the previous projects. I feel like I feel with like this one, with this one, with ahead. this one, I got it, I got it. With this one, I feel like we improved by, by utilizing the strategy of less is more. Took and a minimal approach. If you some will. things aren't as layered. The, the verses are shorter. Therefore, the songs kind of have more time to, to grab you. And then you want to go back and dive into it instead of sitting there like, okay five minutes a couple of them are long but i feel like we took the approach of less is more and we wanted to story tell versus try to rhyme multi-syllables and have intricate patterns and shit and if you notice uh there's a lot more synergy on the record if i do say so myself it's very synergetic i think that's due to us sitting in the studio and basically crafting the whole record in a week more or less a lot of synergy uh, it was a week no yeah, word. it's our most thematic shit. It's our most conceptual shit. It's like conceptual without being a concept, if you will. Since you know, since, heavy lore in it. since putting out the, um, your last album, The Almighty, going into this album, um, you know, you've been on Magic Ninja Entertainment, and through that time, you're seeing this 
this the swell of a fan base that you're having, you know, the the Zooligans, and you got people who are who've bought every mask, who are buying every CD, every version of the CD. Um, you're they're just they're just very passionate about you guys. You know, how do you feel about that, and why do you feel like this is happening? That's our lifeblood. They're passionate about us, but we're just as passionate about them. Like we genuinely give a fuck about our fans. Our, I mean, it's family. It's kind of like a family aspect. You know what I'm saying? I feel like we're bringing back what we grew up loving, which was the camaraderie, the community, the sense of belonging without being judged or, oh, you listen to that or you like that or whatever the fuck. It doesn't matter what the fuck you're into. If you're into Zool, you're part of the family, the Axis family. But, yeah. I mean, we're living our dream, literally, because of you motherfuckers, because of the Zooligans. There's a guy right now that has, like, 50 different fucking forever faces. What the fuck? I only have five. There was a point in time I didn't think oh, we'd boom. sell 50 to different people, <laughs> let alone one motherfucker. Right. And it's not like, and he had to be there at, at a certain point to get them each time. Like, that's, yep. like, that is dedication. You can kind of date how far back a Zooligan goes by how old their mask is. Yeah. At least I can. <laughs> like trees. Yeah, yeah. You look at the rings in the tree and you're like, okay, he's got 12 forever faces. He's probably been down for at least five years, you know? Don't be confused. Not the rings on his butthole. That won't tell you how old a person is. Trust me. Nah. <laughs> They'll tell you a whole different thing. It will. That we our fan to- base is an organic thing because... We naturally make music for ourselves. So when people hear it and they gravitate towards it, we know that most likely their people come from the same cloth as we are. Yeah, because so, we're all fucked up in the head. Yeah, in we're the internet fucked. age, everybody reaches out and everybody connects and it's community building. So everybody gets to know each other. You, you get to know your fan base more this day and age in the music business. And We're like a, we're like a tribe that lives in the jungle. It's people that are just like us that are listening to our fucking shit, so. Right, right. Like, you guys, you know, you guys are, like, the next chapter within, like, uh, you know, this horrorcore sound that, you know, you know, dates back with ICP and Twisted and a bunch of others. Was there something that you guys learned seeing how they dealt with their fan bases that you guys wanted to do? Then. Was there things that you saw in regards to them dealing with the fan bases that you didn't want to do that you're like, you know what? They kind of made like people kind of made mistakes doing that. We don't want to do that. That's a natural thing if you come up paying attention to something for so long. So the short answer is probably yes. But they also set one thing's for sure, they set the fucking example. You know what I mean? Both sides set the example as a as, a, as far as like leading for your fans, you know what I mean? They're fucking leaders. You can't deny what we do is directly influenced by what Psychopathic did. I mean, just look all the way around the, the gimmick, if you will, even though it's not a fucking gimmick. But the, the not a gimmick at the all. Fans, the, uh, the lore and the music, the, the storytelling that we grew up loving. I mean, yeah, of course, we learned a lot from them. As far as learning things that we shouldn't do for sure. I know one, one thing I always want to keep true with us is that we remain humble. 
And if someone comes up to us and they show us love, I want to show that same love back. That's that's my one thing. Right, right. You know. So I think there's a level. My bad, my bad. Uh, just tell me. Run it, run it, baby. Run it. What do you got to say, Carver? Carver, come on. I, I don't. I'm not thinking that there's anything necessarily that anybody did back in the day that was like inherently wrong. But I think that there's also a level of transparency that we owe Zooligans and we owe fans of our shit because of just the age we live in, the connectivity that people have to us, especially in the COVID era of music, because it's not like I can be out at the local venue connecting with you. So the internet personality, the, the those visuals have to step the notch up, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like saying what you mean and meaning what you say, not if you're going to fucking announce a project that needs to come out. Right. See, like, um, you know, I don't know how it was, you know, where you guys came from, you know, when you first sort of, you know, dallying in music and whatnot, but you guys have definitely become like people, you know, people who are, you know, like the, you know, Zooligans that are a part of like this Michigan Detroit shit, you know, you're working with Detroit artists. And one of the things that's kind of always happened with Detroit, because we're kind of like, an offset of any, a lot of the other cities is that whenever a lot of Detroit people got attention early, you know, early on in their adulthood lives, whatever, and music, they didn't know how to handle it, you know? So there's a lot to be learned from, you know, the previous, you know, not just, you know, people like ICP or twisted, but everybody sort of like in hip hop and rap, you know? So it's like really good to, to you know, understand where they're coming from and try not to make those mistakes. Agreed. I think a big part of that is is running a good business, being a man of your word. If you conduct business with someone, you treat them fairly, kind of like the golden rule: treat someone how you want to be treated, type thing. And I think that goes along with being humble. Right, right, right. So, um, let's. Actually, let's just get into the album now, and let's go track by track, and, and just give your thoughts about each of the tracks, and um, and we'll go from there, okay? Hell Word. yeah. Hell yeah. All right, the first track on the album is an intro. It's called uh, The End, the E-N-D. You know what that stands for? Oh, I, uh, I think I did know, but I forgot. The evil never dies. Yeah. So virtually we started the record off with the end. Get him, Carver. Uh, this this whole concept kind of uh, is what bore this whole album like into our heads. Like we started off with the idea that we were like, you know, inevitably the motherfuckers that catch wind of AXE shenanigans as mass murderers and psychopaths would burn down the church or try to accost the church. So what happens after that? <laughs> so that's what mausoleum is. The We're journey after the we end. get burnt alive. Yeah, I think the end was actually a concept we had for maybe a record. I think. It, it turned in, yeah, but then it turned into the intro yeah. for this which is a cool little tidbit. It's also a bit of wordplay because that song is the end of our characters, pretty much, but it's the beginning of the record. See what we did there? It's pretty fucking clever, I gotta say. You did it until just now, though. I like that, guy. Fun fact. 
the goat in the intro is actually Joe. It is. I make that sound when you tickle me too hard. Ooh, can you do it right now? Tickle him. I'm, I'm only tickling him in the daytime. Should I tickle him? Should we do that? I'm actually not. I'm not ticklish at all. It's a problem. It didn't work. He <laughs> no. has to be in the booth, I think. He has to be in the booth for it. It has to be a standing tickle. <laughs> no, that's cool, though, because that's like, you know, like what they do in some movies where, like, you see something from the end first in the movie, and then they tell the story. And then you, get the, then you get the full thing at the end at the end. Yeah. Right? 110%. Where, you get I, it. The, the next joint is the, you know, the title track of the album, uh, Mausoleum. I think this one starts off, it, we, it feels like it just plunges you into the world immediately, like the soundscape and everything. It's very zany, but at the same time, dark as fuck. Right. So... Yeah, I feel like this this song really encaps, encapsulates the uh, the record as a whole because if you look into the lore and you read the fucking booklet that comes with the physical CD, you'll realize that every song is actually a character or a story that lives within the mausoleum. Nice. Like a layer to the mausoleum. An exhibit, if you will. Yes. Talk more about that um, in regards to the, the booklet of the, the, the album. Because you guys have always been good at having great packaging for your products. Thank you. You should see our meat. You're we what? package it well. <laughs> very, very packaged. Oh. Smooth salamis. Ew. Lambs. Yeah, we wanted, we wanted to do something different with this record, though. Like, there's a poster in the booklet, which I think is super fucking fresh. We've never done that. It's a nine-panel booklet. We've never done that. The, the reverse side, the, the lore that basically Lee built into the record is phenomenal. Good job, Lee. Thank you. Pat yourself on the back. I was inspired by my brothers. <laughs> zebra cakes. And zebra cakes? And zebra cakes. Zebra. Zebra cakes. Don't be right. zebra cakes. You know, and going back to Dave, it's it's his ability to create this fucking, like, atmosphere and this feeling of dread in each track and just, like, this inherently dope shit that he does each time he fucking touches a beat. It, it was easier for us to craft exactly what we wanted each track to sound like. So, so, what, so what was the sort of, uh, you know... How did you guys do it? Like, did, did he make the, the beats first and you guys just rap over them? Or did you give him ideas and be like, yo, we wanted it to sound like this because we're going to be talking about this? A mixture of both, for sure. But more of the latter. Yeah, we, we, uh, we brainstormed a lot of shit. Like, I had a huge list of names and concepts, just basically names to go off of. And I was kind of spilling them out to everybody. And they're like, oh, I like that one. Let's try to fuck with that. Let's make that. You know what I mean? And then Dave had some beats, too, that he had started. I think a couple of them he had already started or had something going for it. And we're like, oh, we fuck with that, you know, add that, switch up the kick here, whatever. But shout out to Dave, man. That motherfucker, like, his sound, I feel like, is, is like Perfect Mikey Clark if he never stopped. Or may, maybe Mikey Clark if he stopped and then started again. 
or, or something. Or Mikey Clark if you watch more horror movies. Like all praise <laughs> to Mikey Clark, but to me, Slasher Dave is is our Mikey Clark, and he's gonna he's gonna take the world over with us. How did you? How did it feel to have like that one producer? You know, you, I know you guys wanted to do that. You know, how did that really feel to just be able to? you know, bounce ideas off of just one person and have them so get natural it. natural and ripe. Yeah, that's why it took a week, basically, to make the whole record. Like, 80% of the record, we seriously crafted. We didn't write our verses and shit yet, but, like, all the hooks, the concepts, the beats, everything was pretty much laid out. Like, we made the skeleton of the record, if you will, in a week, six days. And that's the difference. Like, normally, we'd have to be like, oh, let's hit this guy up, see what he has. Let's go on that web page, see what they have, whatever. But this time we're like, this is the song idea. Kill it. And he did. And one of those nights we were on hallucinogenic, so it doesn't really count. And we didn't even use that beat, if you remember, bro. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. But the yeah. intro on that motherfucker, we got to put that on the next one, yo. Yeah. It's some, like, graveyard Something. cemetery shit. It's so fun. <laughs> we were tripping the fuck out. I remember the noise in that beat was bothering the shit out of me. <laughs> 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 I gotta go home, guys. I'm freaking the fuck out. I can't write a record right now. I gotta go to Hospital Bell. <laughs> That's the hospital at the Taco Bell here. Yeah. Ooh. They can, they can bind them. Yeah, it's like a side by side thing. I hospital think that's Bell. a good idea, probably. Hey, fuck it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Have a heart attack from eating too many double stuffed burritos and hop right over there and get it taken care of. <laughs> Or if you, yeah, or if you need a little something right? to, you know, calm your stomach, you know, they, right. they, they can help you out. A little cheesy fiesta potato, you know what I'm saying? It's gone now. I know. It's been gone for a minute. Wow. <laughs> Fuck you, hospital bell. For real. <laughs> All right. The, the next joint is Blood Moon and Back. This one's about love. That's a personal favorite of mine. Like, fun fact, the first time we ever got in the booth and recorded, like, gang vocals together was that track right there. Gang bang vocals? Gang bang vocals, you're right. We got Joe up front, I'm in the middle, Lee's in the back. That's, yep. You know what that means? That means I left the studio with halitosis on my neck. <laughs> instead of my mouth. <laughs> the human zoolipede, if you will. There's still a tonsil stone stuck to the yeah, back whenever, of the whenever Lee of his life. Tonsil stones. <laughs> oh, you remember that one time on tour, bro? He knocked the kid out with the fucking, fucking tonsil Fucking knocked him out with his shit. Yeah, there was one night I was on stage and I was, uh, you know, doing doing the AXE thing with my brethren and uh, I popped the fucking tonsil stone and the trajectory of it it was like you fucking like somebody granny pitched a softball. You could just see it. It was illuminated by the stage lights and everything, and it landed somewhere. But somebody <laughs> has it still, probably. It was like a shooting star, if you will. More like a <laughs> came out of my esophagus. Did you uh? Did you make a wish? <laughs> I hope some uh, random passerby did at least. He was wishing he didn't get fucking sued for that tonsil fucking stuff. <laughs> yeah, he wishes he to make a wish, kid. <laughs> And dreams don't come true. <laughs> yeah, Blood Moon and Back, I feel like anybody that's ever had that real visceral love for something or someone can relate to that. Like, the record has so many different flavors and notes to it. Like, if you can't pull something off the record and relate to it and vibe with it, I don't know what to tell you. You might already be dead. 
It's one of those joints where we kill bitches. Because you're dead. True. Good point. Right. No, that's, you know, you know, that brings something up to me because there'll be like uh, people that will, you know, whether, you know, it'll be stuff like your guys' things or Twisted or ICP or Esham, and they'll have these songs that are about love that are about killing women. And they'll be like, this is misogynistic and stuff like that. I've got the answer for this one. I shut motherfuckers down with this shit. Right. I'm sick. I don't have to be if you want to claim that a song like Blood Moon and Back mm-hmm. is misogynistic or has, you know, a wrong message, the same motherfuckers that would talk that shit, when they go home, they lay in bed, they turn on the fucking streaming service of their choice and watch fucking First 48 or fucking, you know, like the husband that fucking killed his kids and his wife documentary that's like the number one thing on Netflix that week or whatever the fuck. Right. They're entertained by that, but a song where we're obviously over the top, tongue in cheek, killing somebody that we're in love with is offensive. You can suck our collective dicks. And a lot of and a lot of horror films are, you know, have have that basis too, have that storyline. Yeah. Where not even films, books, b- books, TV, but, anything. But what I say, what I say to people is like that. It's just a metaphor, you know, for what you're feeling, because. When you have real feelings like that, you, you know, it feels like you want to kill somebody or you want to kill your partner. There's real feelings going on. And these are just exaggerated metaphors. We, we have a line from our old record. It says, how many times you want to kill a bitch? How many times has a motherfucker wanted to kill someone that they were in love with or had feelings for? Or whatever the fuck. That's one of the most primal fucking that like that dates back to forever. Ago. It might be the most primal fucking human emotion. Yeah, jealousy and fucking uh, revenge, man. Also, if you're an incel and you're listening to this, you should kill yourself instead of the person you're thinking of killing because we do not advocate that kind of bullshit. Right. No, you kill whoever the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not decide with Bill. Yeah, you kill whoever Stop the right. fuck you want. Just blame it on the music. But Blood Moon and Back, that's like you love someone so fucking much that you would kill them. Yeah, and that's a that's a real feeling though, you know, it's, it's happened it's many it, times. It's right? a real feeling. It it's just what you do with it, you know, is what makes right. you a, a bad person or not. Yeah, instead of us going out and actually killing someone, we put it on a record. Exactly. Yeah, you can smoke a cigarette and listen to that shit and uh, hypothetically <laughs> kill your baby mama or whatever. I <laughs> hypothetically. I do every night. <laughs> I think yeah, my next door neighbor wants to do that to his ba- her baby mama. <laughs> or baby <Mom>. daddy. Baby <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love that song. One of my favorites off the record. I think it's misogynistic and offensive. It should be taken down. <laughs> Yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> you tried to get it off the record. I was like, hell nah. How many times you want to kill a bitch, Lee? How many times? Lee's never had his heart broken. He's too <laughs> hateful that. Not yet. Never. He's immune to it with his pretty looks. You have to have a heart for have it to be broken, Jesse. True. Lee Carver's I'm the pretty in, one of the group. I'm in sting makeup underneath this. Permanent. Tattooed. 
I mean, the wait, which sting? Continue. But it's not, you no, know, it's the 80s thing. Drop from the rafters oh, sting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, yeah. you're not red face Wolfpack sting? <laughs> no, no, no. Yo, Wolfpack sting was my shit, and I don't give oh, a yeah, fuck, bro. Yeah. Wolfpack for life, bro. Fuck y'all. Fuck that black and white for life, though. <laughs> I love black and white NWO too, but Wolfpack for me was special. Kevin Nash for life too. We're man. getting way off topic now. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, no, dude, we're we're right on topic. No, fuck that. We're talking about the record. <laughs> Just kidding. No, we're not. Okay. Um, the next song is a personal favorite of mine on the album. Uh, it's Rituals of Rot. Like this shit. Oh, yeah. This shit slaps. Why is it? Why is it one of your favorites? Yo, cause that 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 beat just slaps, and the way you guys, you know, just just you know, ride it, man. It just, yo, like it, my neck just, I almost broke my neck the first time I heard it. <laughs> Don't break your my neck. neck. My, my back, back. B- broke my pussy and my crack. Oh shit. Yeah, I, lo- I love that shit too. It's such like an '80s fucking horror movie vibe. Yeah. And initially, that's what that's what made us attracted to Dave's music. Not not his looks. His not music. his long, beautiful hair. Not his hair. That's our tiny carpenter. We love that motherfucker. I like small carpenter better. I like tiny carpenter. But small and yeah. It's the ultimate tribute to the zombie genre. Yep. I mean, we're not reinventing the wheel by making a song about zombies, but I like to think that it's a pretty fucking ill track about zombies. I fucking love it. To me, I feel like that's one of the, the stronger story songs on the record. Oh, 100%. It's probably my favorite track now, man. After bumping the album for a while, I love that song. And if you listen to the beginning of the song, you might hear another song that's getting ready to come out featuring someone very important. Named Rich. He dropped it on him. <laughs> People guess that shit in the alleyway, but yeah, we have a song with Ritz coming out. And the beginning of Rituals of Rot is a little snippet of that. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, everybody was asking about that. Yeah, yeah he doesn't know he's on the song yet, though. Why not? Yeah, we, we went to his house and just uh, hung out and kind of secretly recorded him talking, and then, then we, we pieced everything it. together. Yeah, yeah. Saw... <laughs> yeah. it's all from it. a conversation yeah. from, that he had with an Amazon driver. <laughs> it's fucking fire, though. Nice, <laughs> nice. What um, you know, when you guys are telling these stories, you know how, you know how how do you, how do you feel like you, you guys are able to tell a story in a correct way where there it, where it makes sense, but you're still able to make a song. We struggle with that a lot. We're like, you know, does that, does that actually make sense? You know, is the continuity there, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I think we just literally, we each have very strong independent minds and feelings on what we want things to sound like or what story we want to go with. And a lot of the times we kind of just, we do our own thing and somehow they, they fucking they melt, melt together. Yeah. The, the next song on the record is Donna the Dead featuring Monoxide of Twisted. That's Joe Black's baby right there. He's been holding on to that song forever. Yeah. For a grip. And initially we had someone else collab on the record, which fit a little more thematically. Not saying Monoxide doesn't fit on the record. Of course he does. But the collab that we did have was fucking earth shattering i don't think anyone's collabed with this type of motherfucker in our genre at least not recently that i can i can't think of any but 
we had to scrap that because that person had certain views right. and outlooks on things that didn't align with what we fuck with. So we had to scrap that. And then we hit up monoxide. I think Jamie was originally going to do it. And then George was like, Hey, let me see if, let me see if Paul can get down on this. And he fucking schooled it. I love what he did with it. Absolutely murdered this shit. Yeah. But Joe, Joe had that hook wrote years ago. Yeah. And, this song is a modified version. But it, it works. For sure. It works very good. We, I remember we brought that up. We're like, Dawn of the Dead, bro. That would be perfect for this record. A, a record about death. Fucking perfect, dude. Yes. Okay, I'm not going to ask who is supposed to be on the track, but... I wouldn't tell you. Well, once, he, once they die, <laughs> we'll put the other shit out. But yeah. no, what I'm going to ask is, you know how... Like, you guys had this person that was going to be on the track, and... You didn't agree with something that they, their views upon something. How important is it that, you know, the people that you work with, you know, are, you know, are good people are, you know, positive towards, you know, the fan base that you're, uh, you know, you're directing this towards that they're, uh, that you're not just doing it because of the person who that, who they are, you know, just to be trendy that, that's or whatnot. That's the utmost importance for us, like, I feel like if if you're a piece of shit, if you're a scumbag, I don't want you around me, period. Let alone do I want you around what I'm building with my brothers here. Why the fuck am I here? <laughs> <laughs> That's a valid question. Because they no, can't but, get rid of me. There's not many things that would like make us not fuck with somebody because we're pretty open-minded, obviously. But, there's I mean... Certain lines, there's, though. there's certain lines and uh, certain values that we don't want to fucking... Uh, compromise whatsoever and it's a real important part of time so some people's uh, opinions don't fit so to speak <laughs> into our shit so <laughs> let me guess they didn't they didn't like the zebra cakes exactly <laughs> they, they said star crunch were better you fucking nailed it but i feel like if you if you work with people that are not good people they're a direct reflection of you Right, a direct representation of you if you work with them. So if we catch wind of anything like that, get the fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. <laughs> fuck out of here. But I, I'd like to think that genuinely, like I want our fan base to be good people above all. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe you got to kill a couple people. Maybe you fucking, don't kill innocent people. Yeah, There's maybe, plenty of pieces of shit to kill. Maybe you crack a cat in half every once in a Fuck while. That. I'm, not, I'm not mad at you. you leave the Somebody dressed as a cat from the cat's play. <laughs> Do not hurt the kitties. But my brothers right here, we're all good people. We all have very big black bloated hearts. And we want, yeah, we want people like that around us for sure. I would personally like to replace people with cats, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. So, yeah. Genetically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Genetically. Oh, shit. He's turning one. into a cat. It's a new one. Ah! Uh, turn into that, uh, that Stephen King novel. Sleepwalkers. <laughs> yeah, good call. I'm going to have call. sex with my mother. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Hey. She was hot though. Yeah, yeah. Yo. I bet you her pussy was. Oh, never mind. I <laughs> she had a nice taco. I bet it had whiskers. <laughs> I bet it had whiskers. <laughs> All right, the next joint on uh, the album is Life, L I F E. 
Yes. We wanted to make this one a track that you can missile drop kick somebody in the pit to. It's a very angry yeah, if someone song. Someone doesn't die in a mosh pit. We're upset because we wrote it specifically for that reason. Yes. It's the 2020 anthem, if you will, if you really listen to it. I remember we were making that, and Dave flipped the, uh, you could be a winner at the game of life. He flipped that sample, man. I was just like, bruh, game over. But, like, that, that's a good example of a track that, that directly happened because of a concept that we had. Joe came up with that acronym. Because I'm sad. <laughs> we, we threw it at Dave, and he fucking flipped it, man. As soon as I heard that sample, I'm like, yep, this is it. And for the record, I am the fucking acronym god. <laughs> how many? That's one of my favorites off the record, though, for sure. How many acronyms? How many acronyms do you got at your disposable right now? Oh, dude, I fucking hit them with food stamp. Follower of other dimensions, soul taker, apocalyptic mad prophet. Whoa! Hit with ATM. Ask him out. There we go. That's all you need to know. Mind blown. <laughs> yep. Yo, hold up. Let me tell you something that's really gonna blow your fucking mind. Leatherface. The word Leatherface. If you take the L away, <laughs> it spells eat her face. Whoa. Yeah, I, I know. Fuck, yo, it happened to us yesterday. Like, what I called my mom on the spot. Mind in the morning. She's never even seen Texas Chainsaw. But she was still like, no shit. Is that a couch brand? <laughs> no, yeah. mom, it's a fucking cannibal killer. All right, the, the next joint is uh, Deathbed. Who can't relate to this one? <laughs> that's a sleeper for sure. You said that last <laughs> time. Yeah, that's a sleeper hit right there for sure. <laughs> I don't think any of us thought that that song was going to turn out as dope as it did. Nah. But it did turn out really good. I really do. I like, it's a good listen. I like to bump that like like all the way through with my eyes closed, laying in my deathbed. <laughs> it's the only way to do it, man. Yeah. There's a lot of these tracks I feel like were kind of dark horses when we were finished with the record. This, is, sure. this is probably the biggest one. No, I disagree, actually. Okay. We'll get to that track. Well, when we get to thing, yours, though. you can mention it. But no, I but think the this base... Is one of those... Go ahead. This is one of those that everybody can fucking relate to. Come on. You know what I'm saying? You'd rather if you run got a system in your whip, go bump that shit in it right now. Deathbed will turn this shit down. <laughs> word, word. How many, you know, how many just concepts do you guys have, like, you know, at any given time to pull from? Infinite. Holy shit. We're concept we rappers. Yeah, I literally have a note, a notepad in my phone with just like probably a hundred different names and concepts and shit we could pull from if it's not conceptual enough i probably won't even fuck with it like that's just how my mind works it has to have lore i have to be able to build something and stretch something with the lore for me to, to want to do yeah, it we, anymore we know what the next four records we're gonna do we already know and yeah. and it's pretty much already planned out for the most part but yeah infinite amount like at any time we could sit down and brainstorm for 30 minutes and probably come up with a record right there The, the, <laughs> the next song is Nails. Now, see, that was what I was just about to say. That that would be my vote for the biggest sleeper hit on the album. I, I wasn't really feeling this shit when we were doing it, being honest. And uh, by the time it got done and back to me and I heard it again, I was like, God damn, this legit might be my favorite fucking track. 
for real. Yeah, it's in my top three, man, for sure. I feel like the the hook when I try when I try that has a very fucking old school ICP vibe for me. Yeah. Maybe that's why we like it. Yeah, maybe. I'd say everything that we do has some type of ICP vibe. <laughs> too. Too. Yeah, I think Nails was like the last song we finished for the record. I think. No, second to last, actually. What was the last one? Uh, Deadline. Oh, yeah, Deadline. Ha <laughs> That makes total sense. And which is another we'll get to that. We'll song get to we that. were worried about. We'll get there. We'll get there. The The next joint is Rigor Erectus. Rigor Erectus. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds sexy. R&B flavor for your ass. You know what I'm saying? This song kicked my ass when we were, we were, I was writing it. I was just so scared. I don't know why this song, like, it was really hard for me to write to this. It felt like everything I was doing was fucking wrong. But, uh, it worked mausoleum, the mausoleum being the realm of death, you can't escape the realm of death with at least having one track about necrophilia. I saw people online like comparing it to Cemetery Girl and she was like, what the fuck? That's a weird choice. Like, yeah. But hey, I, I feel like it's definitely just because of the, of the subject songs. matter, I guess. Right. Headless, Headless yeah. Boogie, though, I, I would have aimed more for that if I was making comparisons. But definitely one of our most unique sounding songs and kind of uh, out of left field, if you will. We're gonna try to do a video for it if we can make it happen the proper way. Times are tough right now. Times are tough. Getting out and doing shit's kind of hard. For Jovid. <laughs> We're in that Jovid pandemic. Believe it or not, if you dig up a dead body, they could still potentially have COVID. So you have to stay far back from them. We're trying to get real close up and, and shoot a video. Yes. An unboxing video, if you will. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a good bar. <laughs> All right, the next joint is Deadline. That's my favorite song on the record, in my opinion. It's one of it, mine. It, 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 encap- it encapsulates what the mausoleum was, in my head at least. It's just this big realm of shittiness and punishment. Because where else would AXE go when they die? We're going at the work the fucking lines. Yo, I saw someone online compare it to Purgatory, and I thought that was a very good comparison. It's always been Dante's Inferno to me. Yeah. I got to be uh, my inner fucking fat, demented clown uh, personality on this. I, I enjoyed writing. <laughs> like, the way I do shit, I don't know if I even told you guys this, like, every album is kind of like a different personality in my brain that I can write with. Church Azul was a uh, holy horror. And uh, I have a personality, or uh, whatever, in my head, if you will, called Necronomiclown. And that was like my little <laughs> It's also my gamer tag. Add me up. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, Tidbit fact. Yeah, I, read, I love that track. Is as I, was writing, I, I had a clown mask on. Is there is there any, you know, anything else distinctive to Necronomiclown that uh, is different than anybody else? Yes, I'm a clown, and they're not. <laughs> that, that was the first time I got to toy around with that uh, personality, if you will, and I'm looking forward to doing that again, for sure. I Joe's like natural rolling. Like, you guys know that I'm my spirit animal is a fat, 
like stupid clown. You've been on tour with me. Chain you know. smoking clown. Yeah, sure. chain smoking clown. You know, like when yeah, I one laugh, of those like it comes out. Those sad clowns that are just, ah, sure. like sometimes he'll be laughing. And just like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I've always had a thing for clowns, man. Ever since I was a little kid, I just always loved the strangeness of them. So, so you were a fan of Bozo then? I was. I was actually on the Bozo show. Okay. Yeah, I That's really terrible. was. No. He was the Bozo. <laughs> No, I fucking lost. I got to the part where you had to like throw this shit into the buckets, dude. And I fucking missed, and I didn't get nothing. Not a not a fucking parting prize. Nothing. Fuck bozo for that, man. No, he was all old and shit. Smell like cigarettes for real. True fucking story. Yo, deadline. I remember we had, we had scrapped a couple songs that we had for the record, and we were trying to like fill in, you know, add another track because we were very adamant on it being thirteen. And uh, I remember we're like, man, we're we're under a fucking kind of a deadline right now i was like wait a minute deadline i threw that to lee i was like deadline would be a cool song name you know what i'm saying he ran with it and that's how that happened the next join is random x of violence i love this shit i love this song yeah this turned out a lot better than i anticipated for sure it's very comic booky very yeah, i, I want to know I want to know if the Zooligans want more of that type of shit, like like character raps. You I know hope what I'm saying so. like different voices and shit like that. That's my strong point. I think that'd be I'm a cool a thing to do. Rapper. We have a lot more fun that way. I mean, we'll we'll go oh, back sure. to rapping our fucking asses off and being like you know skilled, deadly assassins. But we have a lot more fun being conceptual and making cohesive, like like I said, just soundscapes. Yeah, we make we make a lot of uh, dark music, of course. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it's hard not to get uh, swallowed by that darkness, if you will, when you're writing such negative material all the time. But if you're able to put a little spin on it, like a, a, a funny character or a voice or a, a different whatever the fuck, it, it helps a lot. It makes it a little little fun, a little more fun. Yeah, a little fun. Yeah, and I think that's a little bit of an ingredient in a lot a of fun. like horror movies or anything that's kind of in the horror genre that there's always comedy a part of it. You have to be tongue-in-cheek when you're fucking non-stop murdering fucking people. Or you'll get sued. There has to be a sense of comedic relief to it. I think that's what always attracted me to the ICP realm. Them motherfuckers are funny as fuck. You know what I mean? It it was the the contrast to it. You have the really serious, dark-toned music with with the comedy when you see them in person or whatever. And like me and Lee's favorite movie is Evil Dead 2. I feel like that's that's a fucking great representation of what we try to do with music. <laughs> Absolutely. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> the the next join is Mask Made Me Do It. Yo, before we get into this, I want to say uh, obviously Dave gets a lot of love. A lot of people have been talking about Dave because he's the one that really wrangled this project and put it all together. But shout out to Zombie Aristocrats for fucking putting this beat together. This is one that makes you want to put a screwdriver through somebody's temple. Yeah, Zombie and Dave collabed on this one. We we got the beat originally from Zombie Aristocrats. And yo, that motherfucker does not stop working. Same with he's Dave, too. The zombie crank work. shit out. Like, he's more of like on the trap side of shit. And I remember I hit him up. I was like, yo, make us some boom bap, bro. The shit you've done, I really vibe with, blah, blah, blah. Throw some boom bap. Dave heard that. And he was kind of, at first, he was kind of like, ah, you know, I, I really want to produce every element of this fucking record. But I was like, yo, I, I love this fucking beat. 
So my boy came down. He did some screens on the hook and, and the stretch my skin part and shit. He did that, and I was like, this has to go on something, and it has to be this record. Because I feel like, personally, this song is like the follow-up to Forever Face. Lee's seizing up, dude. Lee, are you seizing up? <laughs> Little seizures. Yep. Little seizures? Every time we have yeah. a perennial project that advances the storyline of AXC, like the continuity that is the mausoleum story, to where we're dead as fuck now, I think whenever we have those kind of releases, there's always going to be that sequel to the fucking Forever Face storyline as well. That little subplot within yeah. the record. Yeah, How yeah. Talk about that. If there's yeah, if there's ever any crossovers between you know the projects. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they all intertwine, in in my eyes, in my mind. The Zulaverse. Like you could go back to the very beginning like the very beginning records that we did, I feel like if you really think about it, they, they all intertwine and exist in the same universe, which is really fucking cool. I, I guess that's because we uh, we made them all. Yeah. <laughs> and there's throwbacks to shit. I mean, even I, if, if, if people really think about it, I write throwbacks to shit that I wasn't even on. Like, that's how cohesive and right. minded we are of the universe that we've created with our music. Like to go back a track on a random acts of violence, he says, uh, there's like a little reverse part and shit. That's my favorite. Unloaded ammunition with the lack of emotion. It's like, yeah. Uh. And if, if you really, if you go back and reverse that shit, you'll notice that's a, that's a callback to our very first record. And then like uh rituals of rot, taste your brain and shit. That's also a callback to our first record. Come on, Joe. <laughs> Come on, he don't even know his own shit. Come on, guy. <laughs> what are we doing here? I smoke drugs, man. I smoke drugs. Want to go drugs. smoke some drugs? Yeah. Smoke some drugs, man. Marijuana drugs. Get comfortable, Joe. I didn't <laughs> bring any. shoes off, dude. I didn't bring any weeds. Any weeds? Weed. No weed. He's always got the crack, though. <laughs> Butt crack. But yeah, definitely butt crack. We're trying to build a universe with what we're doing, and there's always going to be nods to our old shit, and I think that the most diehard of Zooligans will pick up on them and really appreciate them. Work. That's why we put them in there. And the final song on the record is The Harvester, and I think this is an amazing song to go out on the record in. Thank you. Thank you. That guitar really adds a lot to that, I think. It gives it that, that final feeling, that finality that it needed. In the record, this recorder once again bringing the concepts and the rhythms. The fucking the harvester's death itself, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's the avatar of death. Tell him what he looks like again. You haven't told people enough. What does the harvester look like? See, the thing is, we can show you what the harvester looks like. The game is to be sold, not to be told. But eventually. You would have to hear about the Harvester again because if AXC stays dead, then there's no more albums. But you know we have albums playing, so obviously we have to escape from this hellish place. But the Harvester is the entity in the Zulverse, basically, that is the avatar of death itself. The Grim Reaper, sides for fingers, cutting your lifeline, harvesting souls. 3,000 foot tall. Yeah, he watches over the mausoleum. 
basically the end motherfucking boss, if you will. <laughs> or is he? <laughs> so, you know, when you guys were, um, you know, putting putting this album together, how much thought did you go into the, the sequencing of it all? That's all, Bill. I, I don't know what that word even means. <laughs> we debate a lot about the track list of things on the track list side of things. And uh, when we all agree upon it, that's when it gets finalized. Usually. Yeah, there, there's a, exactly there's a lot of different factors but the main one is balance for sure like you don't want all your hype songs to be on the beginning of the record you don't want all your chill songs to be grouped together you kind of want to make it a roller coaster if you will another thing that bugs the fuck out of me when we're trying to put tracks together and shit is like how the names flow when you read the the list of the, of the record how it looks visually even though that's that's kind of secondary to how it sounds together but yeah <laughs> Yeah, I can't put my uh, finger. I can't put my finger on the intangible what we're trying to achieve when we look at this symmetry of a track list. But you know, <laughs> that's me, bro. That's me. No, I get it too, bro. I'm with you, man. We've had this discussion multiple times. <laughs> weird. It's weird. I'm sure we'll have many more in the future too. <laughs> it's a weird nuance, though. It's like we want the track list to look good but it also has to take us on the journey that we set forth and wrote out. So we just have a lot of fun writing conceptual shit, man. I can't stress how much fun we have writing conceptual shit, stuff that has substance to it. Yeah, real talk, I feel like when we work together, it's some kind of otherworldly force that kind of just helps us guide shit where it needs to go. And it fits like that. I don't know. Maybe it's the devil, maybe it's God, maybe it's fucking, I don't know, zebra, zebra, zebra cake. Is this the ghost of Aleister Crowley guiding us, pulling us, pushing us further and farther? How, you know, how important was it to have a song like The Harvester, you know, and the record? Because a lot of uh, great, a lot of the classic horrorcore records had a really different, like, way of closing out the album you had renditions of reality pass me by i'm all right darkness you know um coming home you know there were great ways of closing out the record you know you know what was your 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 guys thoughts about how you're going to close out this record well that's a perfect blueprint there's no reason to change it yeah that goes back to your question you asked earlier like we we learned that from them something i always appreciated about a good classic underground horrorcore record was nine times out of ten it had that finality to it you know a roller coaster you know what i mean like at some point you know the ride's finna be over so you have to kind of signal that with the audio you know like all when all good all good things come to an end and when they do it's all almost always a solemn experience you know you know like it's kind of like you're kind of reflecting exactly yeah yeah we knew that this had to be a bleak event like, this album couldn't end with us just being like, yeah, aggressive. Because at the end of it, we're still stuck in the mausoleum. The mausoleum door slams, that's the end of the record. So if you really sit and analyze it and listen to it, it has to be bleak and fucking horribly desolate feeling because we don't win in the end. So everyone's familiar with the guitar on the track. Shout out to Dave for doing that. But one thing that I love to do is I picture Slasher Dave with his long, beautiful hair 
standing on a hillside somewhere and it's like the silhouette like the moon's behind him you see the silhouette of the hillside in him and he's just up on top of it playing that fucking guitar baby it's like the nightmare before christmas hill yeah exactly <laughs> I like the picture it's kind of like the crow too in front of him taped to the tree yeah. <laughs> you gotta have your box fan yeah. i feel like all all people who have long hair like that they should have to have by law a fucking portable little fan to blow their hair around and look all majestic at least twice a day when the sun sets at least yeah the end of the harvester where joe's doing that little like spoken word poetry shit i remember i was very adamant about putting that in there because i wanted to i wanted to slow it down at the end and i really wanted to nail home the fact that one thing we all have in common in this motherfucker you said toenails before that's not true some people don't have toenails so the one, the one thing we do have in common, though, as I have a some ugly toenails. Creature, we die. Death. That's all. That's something we all look forward to. Maybe, maybe not. But it's something we all have in common, and that's why I love this record. What do you hope your, you know, your fan base, the Zooligans, get out of this record in particular? The same thing they get out of all of them: gratification, satisfaction. Oh. Hopefully they can go to prison and they can flash this record and get out of prison real quick. Hopefully, you know, something like that. I don't know what prisons you're going to. That's not how it works in the ones that I've been in. I'm I'm hoping here, Joe. I've never been to prison for the record. I was just kidding. I'm hoping. (laughs) I think it's just uh, blatantly obvious that we're going on a journey and we're trying to make things as fresh as fucking possible. You know, what, of course, it's we gotta want them be to dope. feel satisfied with their purchase and everything, though. You know, we want them to feel like satisfied. I guess you would say. We'll I don't give a fuck if you buy the record and you don't like it. Fuck you. Keep it moving, <laughs> baby. But you're not getting your, a refund. Hell, fucking no. You can fill out a form, but we ain't going to read it. <laughs> they hope that they feel some sense of unity, though, after bumping our shit. Yeah, we made this shit for y'all, for the Zooligans, the people that fuck with us, man. Like. If you guys feel what we're doing, it's because you've been through some similar trial in your life. We su- we suffer in similar ways. Is what brings us together. We are one. When you know when all of us were coming up in life, you know, and we're listening to stuff like ICP and Twisted, all that type of stuff. You know, there was you know there was definitely a time when you know, there was a stigma around that music, you know, they were very much hated on, but we're now in a time period where they're looked upon as, you know, legitimate musicians after their longevity and people are not as much, you know, you know, hating on them as much as they, you know, did in the past. When you guys think about like the music that you guys are doing, you know, do you guys hope to, you know, cross over into like, other you know other fan bases that might not necessarily you know dig this type of thing but you guys might be that different different artists for them i think that it's an inevitability that it happens but we want it to happen organically we're not trying to compromise our art or to fit some sort of mold or to get on some sort of spotify playlist or whatever the fuck is an accomplishment in today's fucking music industry but i mean we want to work hard enough to where we are a household name and you know i mean our predecessors people that you know built the fucking path that we walked they they did that 
And, and I think the acceptance level is just people being more open-minded, people understanding that, like, horror rap doesn't have to be completely fucking schlocky bullshit. I've said it 10,000 times. I feel like if we believe in what we're doing, other people will believe as well. You know what I'm saying? You got to talk the talk. You got to walk the walk. And hopefully uh, people continue to walk with us. Our fan base is growing. The Zooligan army is expanding. The horde is getting larger every fucking day. We're not going to stop. But in my heart of hearts, if we never got another fan ever again, I wouldn't give a fuck. The Zooligans is more than enough. Right, they're a passionate that bunch. That being said, buy our fucking record. Buy, our, buy the record. <laughs> Mostly I'm out now. Digitally everywhere. m LongLiveEvil.com, iTunes, Amazon, MP3, all that, whatever, Napster, all that shit. Changing the subject. LimeWire. You know, changing, changing the subject a little bit, Um, since we're in the, you know, the Halloween season, the season of the pumpkin, the it's almost Halloween, you know, what is your guys' favorite, ju- let, let, let's, let's start with this. What is your favorite spooky tracks? Like songs that are just spooky. Ooh, From anybody. Honestly, I've songs. never really, I'm a movie guy, so like um, in the Halloween season, I watch like Halloween themed movies basically only. They don't have to even be scary. It's like Charlie's Br- Charlie Brown shit, whatever. Yeah. If it's Halloween related, I'll fuck with it. That pretty much applies to music too. If it's just Halloween related, I'll listen to it during the seasonal time. One of my favorites is the motherfucking Monster Mash. <laughs> I love that shit, dog. The graveyard bash. What, what was the uh, twisted track? Green Pumpkins. Yeah, that was one of my fucking favorites growing up. I love the instrumental on that shit. Something about that track always fucking grabbed me. My favorite Halloween songs in this particular order: Green Pumpkins. <laughs> Halloween on Military Street, and Halloween by the Misfits. I guess I never really, like, listened to Halloween shit. I don't know. Uh, Every Day is Halloween, I think it was. Every day, yeah. That that was Ministry. Ministry is the fucking shit, man. Yeah, yeah. Also, if I could add a fourth, it would be uh, Fuck Halloween by Halfbreed. I really (laughs) love this track called uh, When the Tombs Creek Open. You'll hear that in a couple days, though. Yeah, he redid the uh, yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, that shit was dope. Yeah, that's what cool. is um, some of your favorite uh, Halloween movies? Halloween. Halloween. Like horror treat. movies, just in general. Like, like any- Trick or Treat's the Don Dada, in my book, of, of Halloween movies. I mean, yeah, Halloween, Michael Myers is very close. But for me, Trick or Treat is the Don Dada. For me, it would have to be uh, Lady in White. Um, and there's another one. Uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes is what I watch with my kid a, a lot uh, during these seasonal times. Yo, shout out to Halloween Town. Everybody's like, Hocus Pocus, Hocus po- Halloween Town, motherfucker. Well, Hocus Pocus is how I start my October, like October 1st every yeah. year. That's you, what I mean, we watch. We don't even have to say Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Man. Everybody knows that. Right. But uh, how, if you haven't seen Lady in White, man, look look into it. It's it's fucking legit. It's one of my favorite ghost movies, and it takes place on Halloween as well. It's fucking sweet. What was the one film? The House that October Built? The House is October Built. Part is good. The sequel is a cash grab. Stay away from that. But yeah, House is October Built is dope. Um, Halloween 3, goddammit. Monster House. 
<laughs> I like a lot, a, a lot more lighthearted shit around Halloween. Man. I kind of like go for more movies all year round. And when Halloween hits, it's, I kind of watch the more kiddier shit. I have to watch Halloween it. three and Halloween six. Halloween every three every so. Halloween. I, I always love the uh, the Garfield year. Halloween special. I don't think I've seen that. And My kid every loves year, Garfield though. Thank Every you. They they uploaded all the uh, all the Garfield specials onto YouTube, uh, nice. so you can watch them all on YouTube. That's Yo, it. one of my favorite things to do is to get on YouTube and look up old sitcom Halloween specials oh, like just, Family yeah. Matters, and <laughs> Real House, and Roseanne, yeah, Roseanne had, had some best. fire ones, yeah. bro. Oh, man, I got yep. But uh, Tool Time has some fire ones too, man. Or home improvement, excuse me. What is some of the dumbest horror movies you've ever seen? That one oh, fucking Annabelle movie we went and saw on tour. <laughs> that was such a fucking trash bag. Like, modern horror has to be movie. that Annabelle sequel. The, the latest Annabelle sequel is one of the worst fucking movies I think I've ever seen in my it life. It was even a bad Goosebumps episode. Yeah, it was like everybody's like, <laughs> oh, you know, Troll 2. Like, it's worse than Troll 2, in my opinion. But it's the highest rated one on fucking Rotten Tomatoes. It's so dumb. That's because. I'm going to go ahead and say I enjoy Troll 2, for the record. Absolutely. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, I remember that they were billing that as, like, the worst movie ever made. No, it's the shit. worst, best movie yeah, ever. Made. The wor- yeah, okay. The worst, the best, worst movie yeah. ever. Made. Best, worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait. Worst. What are some yeah? What are some other best worst movie like horror movies ever? I try not to watch Halloween three. To me, that that's the quintessential bad greatest movie ever made. I think Halloween three would have been a good movie if it wasn't called Halloween three. Though. Yeah, I mean it just gets really? a bad rep because people were expecting yeah. Myers. It's a great movie. I though, think Tales from sure. Halloween is probably like the best worst modern uh, Halloween movie for me. I don't know. Santa's sleigh with Bill Goldberg. That's Christmas. He <laughs> didn't specify holiday. that. Yeah, he did. Maybe he did, but whatever. Wait, is it is it a horror movie? Yeah. Okay, that's that's fine. See, like see, motherfucker, see. <laughs> There's no redeeming. Perfectly qualities. acceptable. Well, Santa's sleigh featuring Gil, uh, Gil Goldberg. <laughs> Gil Goldberg. I ran with it. Goldberg. Gilberg, oh shit. Yes, Gilberg. I'll tell you a movie that sucks that everybody loves. Fucking Freddy got fingered. Fuck you. <laughs> I know, but now I'm it's a horrible fucking movie. <laughs> Yo, you know a movie that I fucking miss? Talking about like Halloween shit. Ernest Scared Stupid. Just watch it. Oh, yeah. That's a fucking Never movie. on anything. I got the Blu ray collection of a lifetime, my friend. You can borrow whatever you want. Oh. <laughs> Now that's a flex. It is. Yeah, you heard that. <laughs> got the Blu-ray flex on lock. I do. Joe has a very vast movie gallery, and we like to call him Blackbuster. <laughs> Blackbuster. <laughs> Speaking of which, team. how's the uh, how's the pres the uh, the the presidency campaign going on? I going. won. We just haven't announced it yet. We're gonna do that soon. Everyone's dead. Um, every, all of my contemporaries are dead. So they, uh, I won. But uh, I've already wrote the acceptance speech. I'll be slapping you with that at some point in time in the near future. The main reason he won is because of the yard signs, though. Yes. They were poisoned. 
So shout out to George and Magic Ninja for making that yes. happen. Super Thank fresh. You. Super, super And you can fresh. still buy them on mnestore.com. Yeah, a lot of people are swayed by uh, political road signs, yard signs. Yes. I think the next record we do, we're going to have to make something similar to that. Yeah, that's gonna be the, that's gonna be the new uh, new way of uh, promoting, you know, because you know online there's all these algorithms and everybody gets kind of, you know, flushed out. You know, you got to go back to some street team and and you know do the do the sign do the presidential signs. Grassroots, grassroots, literally. I'm trying to get like stencils made for people to go fucking bomb graffiti everywhere. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to hand deliver records to people's houses and shit. Next level guerrilla marketing. I want you to lull your children to sleep with a Joe Black hand puppet. Oh, exactly. Oh boy, that's not that's scary. <laughs> you have no idea, my friend. <laughs> what, what uh? Wait, what? What song would you sing to, you know, put them to sleep? Probably something from Deicide. Oh shit. <laughs> A little bit of I more think he meant to say yeah. a little merciful fate. <laughs> <laughs> merciful. A little six feet under, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Chris Barnes is dead. I'm Not really. 65. Long live Chris, Chris Barnes. <laughs> Long live Chris Barnes. Chris Barnes. <laughs> that's what my that's what I name my khakis when I'm feeling gangster. Yo, what up, Chris? Chris <laughs> Barnes. <laughs> yeah. Outside of like any of the music that we've talked about, you know, what are some of your favorite music to listen to? You know, whether it's stuff you grew up on or stuff you just still listen to. Of course, ICP and Twisted, you know, the shit we grew up on. For me, I, as I get older, man, my fucking musical taste is getting very bizarre. But uh, so I'm Same. not going to name anything. I'll let Bill take over. Recently, I've been loving Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> I, grew, I grew up listening to them and shit, but like recently I've rediscovered them and holy yeah. fucking shit. That probably is my favorite band of all time. I'm enamored with them motherfuckers. I absolutely band. love them. Uh, all-time favorite of mine is corn i listen to corn all the fucking time slipknot i i love uh daft punk is my fucking shit dead mouse or however the fuck you say that shit he's fucking dope i fuck with a lot of shit though mainly that's it right my favorite band is (laughs) oh you mark I can't help it. God it is his actual real name. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Uh, oh, honestly, shit. I'm about to I fuck you up, Mr. Carver. I'm a ton of shit right now because we've just been in the creative zone. Whenever I, whenever I write, I really don't listen to a lot of other shit. But yeah, I'm I, with I Joe, though. My, I'm getting old, and my fucking musical fucking taste is changing and going in weird directions. I've been listening to a lot of fucking Neil Young lately. <laughs> Hell yeah. I've noticed that like the more that we make music, the further along in our career we get. I tend to stay away from rap shit. I try to tell you. That's I, what I, I, I want to listen to something different with a different hip hop fucking you know? melodies, man. Yeah, man. Right. Hip hop's trash to me right now, in my opinion. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not There's even referring to like current shit. I'm referring to rap in general, even like the old shit that we grew up on. Like, I find myself going towards something completely different than that. I'll tell you some dope shit to look for, though. Fucking uh, Church of the Cosmic Skull, they're dope. Oliver Tree's killing it right now. Fucking Skinned, 
There's a yeah, lot of dope. Skinned is, skinned is yeah, dope. I love all those videos. Yeah. Yeah, bro. The the way that they flip that by making songs about real cases and real yeah. shit that happened, that's so genius. I'm sure bro. it gets them into some trouble, but yeah, it's super super dope. I mean, it's no worse than making a fucking documentary about Columbine or something. Right. Well, I guess it kind of is, but they're you, you know, yeah, they're people say they glorify it regardless. Shit. Yeah. But that's just what snowflakes say as they melt. Ooh. <laughs> we fill our bong with the melted snowflakes and yes. take giant rips from it. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, all right, fellas, man. I don't want to hold you up any longer, man. It's been great talking with you. You're one of my favorite guests to have on the podcast. Um, thank you, thank you. The new, pleasure, man. The new record, Absolutely. The Mausoleum, is incredible. Everybody go cop that shit instantly. And it'll, melt, it'll definitely melt your face off. True. Thank you. It might melt your brain out of your head. It's a good way to treat your acne, for sure. Right. Fellas and young ladies. And I, know, and I know if you've already plugged your own shit many times... But one last time, where can people go get the record and follow you guys online? You can follow us at all social medias, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all that fucking bullshit, slash Alazulilu, A-L-L-A-Z-U-L-E-L-U. I said Z, I meant X. (laughs) What? (laughs) I meant X, I fucked that up. Damn. He's watched, he watched Ghostbusters recently. He's spelling it correctly now. It's okay. Ah, God damn it. You get, you know, you fuck up sometimes. A la Zulilu, I'm sure it'll be in the description of the video. You just copy and paste that motherfucker wherever the fuck you listen to shit. Or search shit, whatever, on Pornhub. All that shit. OnlyFans hurt me bad. We don't give a fuck. We are the A la Zulilu. Yo. Happy early Halloween to all you motherfuckers watching. I don't know when you're going to release it, but either way, happy belated or happy early Halloween. Thank you for having us on the motherfucking podcast, K-Fresh. We appreciate you every time. Every time. <laughs> Not just some of the times, every time. Every single fucking time. Thank you for listening to the Fresh of the Word podcast. Hosted and produced by myself, Kelly K-Fresh Frazier. Empowered by Anchor at anchor.fm slash fresh of the word. Fresh of the Word theme music provided by Steve O. You can find more of his productions at imsteveo.bandcamp.com and that's E-Y-E-A-M-S-T-E-V-E-O.bandcamp.com. Fresh of the Word is available on all major streaming platforms. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you want to support Fresh of the Word, please consider pledging via Patreon at patreon.com slash fresh of the word. Follow Fresh of the Word on social media on Twitter at Fresh of the Pod, on Instagram at Fresh of the Word Podcast, and join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash groups slash Fresh of the Word. For more information about Fresh of the Word and our other podcasts, Breaking Records and Renaissance Soul, and a collection of pop culture articles and reviews, please visit FreshOfThePodcast.com. Thank you for listening and your support. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.